Can you guys believe we're halfway through February? Hi, everybody. I'm Ellie Noss, your host of Atomic Moms, and we join forces with celebrities, best-selling authors, parenting experts, and caregivers all over the world to hear their unique stories in this universal experience of raising a child. Thank you for subscribing and spreading the word to mom friends, so we're in the top 20 on Kids and Family on iTunes. Find us on social media at Atomic Moms, where I post articles about this week's topic. Okay, so this week we're talking about friends without kids. And it's a tricky one, and it's also a fun one. So I've enlisted my two girlfriends, Claire Coffey, who's a series regular on NBC's Grimm, and Bridget Maloney Sinclair, who has been in every commercial you have ever seen on television. She's the one with bangs. Uh, she formerly blogged for Bon Appetit, and she has a master's in clinical psychology. But first, I wanted to share a little bit about what the heck is going on in my tiny little world. I'm coming up on my five-year tumor anniversary. I'm due for an MRI and a chest X-ray, and I want to wait until right before we decide to start shooting for baby number two, so I'll have a clean bill of health. Um, so that's what's going on with my right leg. So now on my left leg for the past few weeks, I've been getting these insane electric shocks in my left thigh, and it's more painful than childbirth. And I don't say that lightly because when I was feeling these electric shocks, I was comparing and I was like, oh, childbirth was pretty, pretty tough. Um, but this is way worse. Also, because I don't know what the cause of it is. So I can't say like, this is my body knowing what it's doing and my baby knows what it's doing and it'll all be fine. And this pain is for a good thing. This is like an electric shock that happens when I get out of the shower or I'm driving or you know, in any position in the middle of the night, it's it's terrifying and it's excruciating and it's scaring my daughter and it's uh, scaring me. <laughs> and it's really hard for me to keep my cool right now because I don't know when it's going to zap me again. And so I went to a doctor this morning, second doctor I've seen, and uh, he thinks it might be this nerve impingement that only you know, like four out of 10,000 people get it a year or something. And it's usually obese people. Um, I don't fit. I don't fit the bill. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm so, uh, my body's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. As my girlfriend, Bridget, who you'll hear from later this episode, texted me this morning, you know, yep, we all, we always knew you were special, Ellie. So, the reason I'm bringing this up, besides the fact that um, it is giving me even more empathy f or reawakening my empathy for people who have chronic pain uh, or illness, it, it reawakens my admiration for these parents who are able to somehow take care of their children while negotiating incredibly difficult situations and feelings. Um, but I'm also bringing it up because I had the weirdest thought once this started happening. And it was like, well, Ellie, you know, if this is really bad, you don't have to do X, Y, or Z anymore, which is crazy pants. Because that's the thought process of someone who is living out of obligations. And yeah, obligations like keep the world going round. But when I'm ill or getting these electric shocks that make me wonder if I'm in some psychological experiment, I realize that those things that I feel obligated to aren't here to help me or comfort me or feed my soul. 
You know who is? My husband, my daughter, my girlfriends, this podcast. So why would I give my well self, my energetic best self to obligations and leave my weak, anxious self to those who have my back? Only thing I need to be obligated to anymore is my family, my friends, and the things that make me really excited about life. It's time we get selfish, mamas. It's time we put our families and what we really love first. And if should comes out of my mouth this week, I'm going to note it as an obligation. And I'm going to take a look at it because I think I need to make some changes. I recently changed the Atomic Moms logo. And some, some mom listeners were wondering, like, why isn't Bianca's name on it? Like, where did Bianca go? And she gave a really beautiful explanation um, as to why she was leaving in December. And it's in the Surviving the Holidays episode, if you want to check it out. It's like at the climax of the episode, about halfway or two-thirds of the way through it. It was really cool of her and courageous of her to make choices in her life because she has so many things that she's excited about and she wanted to focus more on her daughter. And so I want everyone to know that there's no team Bianca, no team Ellie. We are the masters of conscious creative uncoupling. And I had a choice too. Like I could either leave the podcast also or I could figure out how to record it and produce these episodes on my own. And so now I've done 14 on my own and I'm still loving it. And I can feel the current and the excitement of our listeners. And you guys keep sharing. And I'm looking at these download numbers. And there's been a compound effect. It's growing exponentially, which is exciting to me because it means that there are just that many more mothers out there that are open-minded and curious and big-hearted and enthusiastic and perhaps a little dorky like me. I love this silly thing. It drives me. It feeds me. It's not at all what I thought I'd be doing every spare second I have, not being a mom or being electroshocked in the middle of the night and like creating a new anxiety disorder. It's making me so fulfilled. Martin Amos has said about his writing, if I die tomorrow, at least my children will have a very good idea of what I was like, of what my mind was like, because they will be able to read my books. Even if they've forgotten you physically, they could never say that they didn't know what their father was like. If Sabrina ever listens to these podcasts, she'll know what her mother was like. She'll also know what her mother was like because her mother will be living in the garage apartment. <laughs> there's, this, there's just no way that I will ever not live in the same city as my daughter, which is insane uh, because when I was, when I left for college, I went as far away as I could. <laughs> And my parents encouraged it. They were like, you are not applying to a school in Texas. <laughs> so, I, you know, I feel a little, you know, my parents love me, but they encouraged me to spread my wings. I will encourage my daughter to spread her wings, uh, but to leave a little room in the nest for mommy. <laughs> I can't wait to have another therapist on the show so so, so she can work that one out for me. Uh, anyway, my point being, let's do the things that we love I'm only obligated to my child, to my husband, to my closest friends, the people who have my back, the people who showed up when I was walking with a cane. 
um, five years ago. So a few episodes ago, I described Atomic Moms as <laughs> in saying that we are fair and balanced in a slightly judgy and endearing way. And that description holds true for today's episode. So yeah, I've been feeling a little anxious and down with this weird medical mystery. So I'm excited to talk to my girlfriends. And we rarely talk on the phone. We text a lot. Claire lives in Portland where she shoots Grimm and raises her son and uh, raises her husband <laughs> uh, when he's not on tour. And Bridget Maloney Sinclair lives in Burbank. And uh, with her just turned two-year-old, happy, happy birthday, Miss Phoebe. So this episode, we're going to tackle friends without kids and how do the relationships change and what were we like before we had kids and what are we like now and how do we reach out to people and what's the deal with weddings and not bringing kids and blah, 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 blah. It's going to be a fun episode. Stick around for my three-way with Bridget Maloney Sinclair and Claire Coffey. Be right back. Hi, I'm Claire. Hi, I'm Bridget. <clears throat> I have a cold, so I'm extra throaty. Extra sexy. Uh, as our listeners know, uh, Claire's been on a couple times. Bridget's been on a few times. And uh, I wanted to do a... Oh, who is that? Who's that little cow? Oh, can we hear that again? Tell me it was just like the sound effect. Oh. He's been he's been very giggly lately. Mhm. Well, it's been a big weekend, guys. So for our listeners, we're recording this on Sunday night, Valentine's Day. It's 5:25 at night cuz there's no there's no better time, Calvin Feely, than 5:25 on a Sunday night to record a mom podcast. Yeah. Cuz moms have nothing going on at 5:30 on a Sunday night, especially Valentine's Day, especially because uh Bridget celebrated with her family yesterday her daughter's second birthday. Mm -hmm. So nothing on the plate <laughs> at all. Today, we are going to be talking about friends without kids and friends with kids because we I was throwing out some ideas with Claire and Bridget. Claire came up with this one. I think it's genius because, I mean, it's something we all think about all the time, and I, I can't wait to hear what Claire and Bridget and Calvin's uh, thoughts are on this. First, I want to ask you, you guys did not have children. I was yeah. the first out of yeah. the three of us. I was the first out of most of my friends. I had two girlfriends who had children that lived in L.A., and those kids were a little, like, over a year older. So I, I hadn't really been in the mix. I wasn't a huge – and I was never into holding other kid, people's kids. Like, I wasn't that girl who, like, wanted to hold other people's babies before I had one. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious if you guys – did you feel – a separation when I had Sabrina? Well, I didn't feel it, but now that I have a child, I mostly feel so bad for my interactions or like lack thereof when you both had your or just, you know, the not understanding the situation. Well, you were very quiet about it. Maybe you're just so passive aggressive we didn't know. You were very because you've always seemed incredibly understanding. 
Yeah, you showed up at my hospital. I didn't even invite anyone to my hospital, and you showed up anyway. Right, which is like so maybe that, that was probably not the thing to do. Like maybe no, you know, I'm oh, so happy you should have just sent something. Well, oh, Kat, I'm so Claire, you and I beat Ellie home to her house. From that's, the hospital. that's true too. <laughs> That is true. You guys were invested from the start. But I think we were um, invited that time. I'm not sure. You, they, you were. No, this, so for our listeners, I, I drive home from the hospital and they were like waiting on the couch for me. I mean, it doesn't we get were. better than that. This is such a brag. Um, but <laughs> no, I, I, you know, if you had had your kids first, I probably wouldn't have given as much of a shit. But, that's just but it's, impossible, it's impossible to know. And like, I think I've actually mentioned this on the show, but you know, there are people who, when you're pregnant, who are who have yet to have children, um, who, when you're pregnant or even a, a newish parent, have a lot of opinions about pregnancy and childbirth and child rearing. And then you think, yeah, just wait. And then they get pregnant, but then and and they find out they were wrong about everything. But it's mean to say, hey, remember all that stupid stuff you said. <laughs> That's like, true. They usually do apologize, though. They say, like, oh, I had no idea. I'm sorry. They do. But you can't. But you can't. That is, like, the last thing a pregnant person wants to hear. Because, of course, I heard it when I was pregnant, too. It's like, oh, just wait. Like, or, oh, you have no idea. Or, like, oh, you think you're tired now. And. Well, yeah. It's, what are you supposed to do with that? It's the same thing as when you're a senior in college, if you go to college, and people say, like, oh, just wait, this is the best time ever. You have no responsibility. It all goes downhill from here. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with that right. information? Yeah, like, really feel nervous? Unless yeah. you go to women's college and then it's all uphill. Like, then it's <laughs> well, yeah. awesome when you right. graduate. <laughs> Your mileage may vary. I I just remember, <laughs> I, I, I remember thinking um, th- th- that, that was a very big thought and that crossed my mind a lot of – uh, when when I was pregnant, thinking like, oh wow, I didn't not, I didn't know how to be a good friend. And then also when I had the baby, then seeing pregnant people and going, oh my god, you're like working on your registry and researching strollers, and you have no idea the shitstorm that's about to hit your mm-hmm. life. Like you have no idea the bomb that's about to go off. You know? Wow, so many pregnant listeners just freaked. <laughs> out Claire thank but you but it's like you can't no, because wait no but and also no, to give perspective you know, for one no moment way. wait whoa, whoa, wait I, wait I'm moderating yeah. for one moment <laughs> our listeners should also know that Claire had like already um like was on the wait list for preschools while Calvin was like a peanut in her belly so there it's yeah. this is what Atomic Moms is all about it's about all perspectives some moms don't know what's going on so they start a podcast so they can learn what to do not everybody is has, it's there's probably an easier way than what I did but you know it, it's all types but I agree that that there's a big shift that happens. Right. And I would personally like to take this moment to apologize to my friends without kids because I have not been the greatest. There's something about the narcissism of taking care of another little being, which is, I know that sounds oxymoronic. Is that a word? But there's, but it's true. It's like it becomes my whole world and then everything else falls by the wayside. And and that's a thing. It has to. But it ha it ha it's it's so hard. It's a, I mean, there are two things here. One, when I was thinking about this topic, I am very aware. 
Well, okay, two things. One, yes, it's impossible to be as present in anyone's life, including your partner's, once you have a child. Um, But also, I feel like I make an effort to shield my friends who do not have children from sort of like, because I really talk about being a parent all the time now. And I've realized that, and, and well, I've realized like nobody is as interested. Nobody wants to hear the stories about the cute thing your kid did. Even other parents, like they're open to it because they love you maybe and they have a child. But I've really, I've really learned that like my friends who don't have children are not going to be that into my, my, my story about my child walking her toy dog for a half a mile, even though it was That's really, really cute though. I would like, I like that. That's yeah. Really cute. really cute. Yeah. I have a picture yeah. um, and a video, but I, I mean, I only <laughs> sent it to her grandparents, but I think it's hard to realize that like, it takes a little while to realize that because it's so incredible to you, but people who don't have kids are like, yeah, it's another story about like yep. a child doing something that I've done successfully for 35 years or however old they are, you know, that's, that's how I feel. Yeah, and I think when I was thinking about it, Ellie, when you said it, you become narcissist, like I I think narcissistic. Um, what I was thinking is, you know, you have – when you don't have a child, there's you're incredibly wrapped up in your own ego. Like even if you're the most selfless person, it's it really is like I wake up in the morning and what do I need today? And when you are – a parent, it's, I wake up in the morning and what does my child need today? But like it, so it takes all of the, it, it takes all of the focus off of yourself and onto this other thing, but that's not more interesting. You know, it's not yeah. like to, to a person. There are so many interesting narcissists like Donald Trump, <laughs> but I would say that first, that was also my experience, Claire. Um, when I had somebody else to focus my energies on, I became not as good of a friend, but less of a narcissist. I think that there are probably a lot of people who could argue that don't have children, that they take care of a ton of other people or that they never were. So right. for just some of us, it's like our tendencies, we become um, bigger-hearted is- and focused on others. But but I can just imagine the New York Times commenter on our podcast about how they are, are you know don't have a child and they they never suffered from the narcissism. But the thing is, there's a there's a switch here. And there's a really beautiful piece. I can't remember who wrote it. So this is not helpful. But about how <laughs> she's writing about motherhood in particular, but parenthood makes you at once much less selfish, because you have to be devoted to someone else for their survival, and also much more selfish. And yes. she's saying in the context of you have a lot less energy for other people who aren't your child. (laughs) And she's writing in the context of, and I mean, I think about this a lot in the context of public education in that, of course, everyone should have access to all these wonderful things, but my child should have it more. So like, instead of crusading, I might just figure out how my kid can have the best thing. Um, (laughs) You just move neighborhoods instead of like, I mean, school you're near. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, can get that dual immersion program then great like sorry for everyone else like how are we going to increase our chances but I this is a true story my child too um but I I think that that happens and I mean the thing is when we're talking about being good friends are we what are we talking about here like staying out all night for someone's 
like a birthday or yeah, bringing okay. them food if they're ill or what? I have an example from last night. Well, well, <laughs> last night, last night is our, we had this grim gala, which is this big, you know, our big fundraiser and we are get, we get there at four thirty, um, and the gala lasts until nine thirty. And so like we, I get to the gala, of course, 15 minutes late. Cause I'm always 15 minutes late now. And, and we're like getting ready. And, and, um, one of my other customers was like, Oh, are you going to go to the after party? And here's where we're at. I was like, Oh, what after party? And they're like, like the after party at one of our executive producers' house, who like they didn't even tell us about it because it's very clear that we are not going to go to the after party. Like that's just who we are now. Is I don't you know. Also, I'm yeah. still nursing, so at the end of like that's five hours that I've not nursed. They don't want you leaking all over Ex- their white couch. No, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's not even there. There's not even that choice of before having a kid of like, oh, well, should I go out? Mm, I don't know. Like, what do I have tomorrow? It's now just like, no, of course I'm not going to stay out. Like, yeah. yeah. And they wanted to I'm shield not. you from the guilt of having right. to say no. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I think, man. you know, you have moments like that of, oh, it really, and then, you know, a friend who's like, oh, what, where have you been? And it's sort of like, well, of you know, like any other mom or parent friend, it's, there, there's such a shorthand and, it's so obvious where I've been. And it's not like I don't not hang out, but I hang out during daylight hours mostly sure. now. And I'm socially passive. Like if someone calls and says, let's go get coffee or let's go get brunch, <laughs> I will be there, you know, eight, nine, 90% of the time I flake, but like 10% of the time I do, I go out. But and I and I think there's a misconception that moms are hanging out together all the time. No, at least in my little world, yeah. because for me personally, we don't hang out all the time. Like sometimes there are play dates scheduled, and then they inevitably fall apart because somebody has some horrible. Somebody's got chicken pox all of a sudden, yes. or a weird yeah. rash, mm. or hoof, hoof and ma- hoof, foot and mouth, hoof and mouth. Yeah, what? that's a bad one. I think it's the same disease with both. Names, depending if you're a person or an animal. An animal? Okay, well. (laughs) So we're not actually, like, hanging out. I mean, that's – I understand that my – I think that people who don't have children get frustrated at times, or at least online I have read, that (laughs) a lot of people get frustrated because they think, oh, the moms who've got kids – they think that we're just partying all night and we have all this time. No. And I do not but, think that's true for <clears throat> our, my age group, at least, because, yes, if we had our children when we were 24, all of my friends would be out partying all night and I'd be mad about that. But once we're in our 30s, they're working their asses off and using every free moment they have to work or to take care of other people in their lives or to do a million other things. So it's not like I don't think that they're busy. It's just... For me, I'm just so tired too. It's like a, it's yeah. a well, Ellie. The like, last time we got together, not counting the the finale of or the yeah the season finale of Undateable, was you texted and said we have a babysitter <laughs> until nine thirty. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, and how and much notice did I give you? It was like f- six hours, and I said <laughs> we don't have a babysitter. And you said, we'll come to you. And you picked up takeout chicken, Zanku chicken yes. for the Beck listeners. And then we ate in our living room after our child went to sleep or our dining room. And then you left at like 9, 9, 10. Um, but but yeah, it was that's... like the 
the parent, that's what's happening. The problem, the thing is, is I think, I think people, I mean, Billy Eichner had a good line I saw on his like PBS quick take where he said, um, I don't, it was, he was talking about homophobia and he was saying that it doesn't really factor into his life. But he said, you know, my gay friends who are married with children are just as boring as my married friends or my straight friends who are married with children. And I don't want to hang out with either of them. Um, but I ruined that. But um, I think that's <laughs> no, true. I think yeah. that's true and too. Like, we are boring, man. Our, we have a lot of couple friends who don't have kids and they have we had a delay for a moment. So you said that you've got friends that want to have dinner far away and then it's just too- Yeah, far away. Just am- ambitious plans. And they're the same friends, I'm speaking generally, who used to say, just bring the baby. And it's like, that's that's impossible if you don't. Right. If you don't have a baby, you don't realize that that's like saying, like, you know, bring your wild animal who <laughs> who doesn't wear a diaper. Like, it's insane. It's you can't bring you can't bring your baby. They go to bed at 645. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the babysitter yeah. thing is big. And then I want to ask you guys about weddings, because it's like I look, I didn't want babies at my wedding. So that's why I got married so young, because no one <laughs> no one was even dating. So I got married because so, I was like, I don't want babies at my wedding. And I also got married on top of a mountain to make it even harder for babies to come to my wedding. So yeah, how what do you guys think about like not having babies at the wedding and like the whole you know find a babysitter because it's tricky you can't just leave your kid with a stranger. On the other hand, babies no. suck at weddings. I, that's my personal opinion. I, oh yeah, I I fully if someone on an invitation says no babies, I am like I get it absolutely. No, I do people say right no decision. babies? Yeah, yeah, I think no people definitely say no babies, and I think. But I, I I understand and fully support that decision. I probably oh, won't too. go to your wedding, you know. But that's the reality. But that's fine. That's fine. That's the other thing that's happened is everything is now fine. When you become a parent, like it's all gonna be, it's all fine. Like there's no, there's less attachment. I think at least for me, socially, like emotionally, the kind of the the FOMO that used to have. Oh, I yeah. don't it, forget, it, it. forget it. Yeah. And and so that's really nice that you know I don't feel the guilt right. It's and it's all fine. Anymore. And even when it's not fine, in a few years we're going to be so tired from parenting that we'll have Botox and no one will be able to tell the difference if it's fine or not on our faces. <laughs> they can't tell it's not. They fine. can't tell yeah. it's not fine. So it's um, fine. we went for New Year's. A group of friends rented this like compound in joshua tree which is in the desert out here this is such a humble brag years, and just how you're so much cooler than us but that's okay <laughs> well i mean you're so not, cool uh, yeah, i want to go to joshua brag. tree um well uh, we can rent this place it's on airbnb but they i said we can't go for two nights because we can't leave phoebe with the grandparents even though they're perfectly capable for two nights like it it's way too it's not worth it frankly not I don't think any of them are listeners so I can say this it's not like this is going to be this fabulous thing so we decided just to go for one night and they the organizer who's a man in his 30s but doesn't have children kept saying you know bring her like you'll have your own room with the door that shuts bring her and looking at it online I was like I don't know this does not seem toddler safe (laughs) I feel like I don't think we should. So we decided not to. And we got there and I laughed out loud because it was first of all, truly like in the middle of the park. It was so far off the beaten path. I got nervous driving there. And then there were wood burning stoves in every room. 
and an ungated pool and cacti and they had brought headlamps for all of us and, and mushrooms like, no i'm kidding what about this <laughs> like and and psychedelic drugs psychotropic drugs there were lots of drugs oh my god that were not secured and the lamb <laughs> shank for dinner and i was like this is the most insane like these people are insane like this oh just makes and god. i i understand they thought like oh they'll bring their report crib and but i mean the whole thing was so bonkers um but it was for me like the perfect example and also you know dan my husband and i went to bed like it at 105 after just drinking red wine and like you, you know we crawled onto our futon by our burning stove and then you know we woke up and drove home to get the get our daughter but it was very it was really a good example where i was like these people are at a different place in their lives than we are i also think I like people who don't have children when they invite because this happened over the summer too with our like cast retreat i'm just like really throwing uh the cast <laughs> under the bus there but um you know we had this big routine it was like bring the babies bring the babies and i chris couldn't my husband couldn't come and i kept kind of going like mm, this doesn't seem like it would be this seems like a bad idea but you kind of start believing like oh right like it'll just be fine the baby will get passed around and then the reality of yeah you see all these movies in the 70s yeah and and the reality is like no like he needs to be nursed every hour and a half like he can't you know he doesn't sit the the the, by the way the pack and play thing like the myth of the pack and play like just put him in a pack and play like yeah, what what kid is just like cool hanging out in a pack and play for eight hours? You know, no. Like, no. Well, and we, it, we it, the three of us are, you know, we're <laughs> we all were on like schedules, and we like our children to sleep eight, you know, eight to twelve hours a night. So maybe, yeah, maybe these right, yeah. some parents are able to do, you know, like if their if their kid doesn't, or they can just sleep anywhere, then that's great for them. But a lot of us, it doesn't work. And if I don't well, get, feeds, if my kid doesn't I'm get twelve feeds. hours of sleep, she's a nightmare. If I don't get six hours of sleep, I'm a murderer. But then when I watch <laughs> oh, yeah. like uh, Claire, our friend, playing Charles Manson in the Lifetime movie. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if anyone's had a chance to watch that yet, but you'll be so angry because you'll see. Um, that the they wanted you to care about somebody in the movie, so they have the girl who's joining the Manson family. She's got like a four year old or something, and the kid just like sleeps anywhere and does anything and like doesn't care at all. And I'm like, yeah, maybe you can join the Manson family then. But if I tried to join the Manson family, <laughs> they'd kick me out because Sabrina would not put up with it. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's... I mean, it's a built in safety valve. I. I, I... <laughs> Phoebe will sleep in a pack and play. She's a really good sleeper. But I mean, you know, that that's but, that's only part of the night. Well, There's that's still, well, also like the when... whole wandering around part. <laughs> oh, and they don't want to just like hang out. I mean, I well, I I I who had a super loosey goosey schedule with Cal early on because you know he was with me on set, so he'd like go to sleep at two in the morning one night, and then you know like and we would travel and on tour and whatever I'm fine I'm even like okay no this is his nap time this is his bedtime sort of and like this morning I ushered but our our friends who have two children like they totally got it when I said okay it's nap time they're like okay we're leaving we gotta go like there's no question there's no like oh come on oh no he seems fine like he's good oh well yeah no no it's very clear and because if I miss that tired window it is that the entire rest of the day is is destroyed. Yeah, and that's a real that's a real thing. You realize. 
you- and so I think it does it becomes easier to hang out with people who you don't have to explain or even you know feel bad or or even just the well, logistics but and vice versa I think and again I yes, have yes, many exactly. close friends who don't have children but we had a couple of friend over on Halloween um to like have a drink I mean we trick-or-treated at like 5 15 and we went to three houses in our neighborhood but they were like, wow, Phoebe's so active. Like, it's really hard to have a conversation. <laughs> it's impossible. And I was like, what do you mean? As my child's, like, climbing on my head, you know? Like, it's of impossible. course. That's, that's not it's their so, choice either. It's so stressful to me. Because I'm a bad listener anyway. So if I have to be with my kid, too, yeah, it's it so hard. It's really, really difficult. But do yeah. you, do you have you guys ever found that the – friends of yours who don't have children at least they don't have any sort of judgments about how you're raising your child like I feel like they might be definitely that's true they're like they don't care (laughs) unless they're older because then like I find that older people I've had a couple people come over in their early 50s recently for like um and that I didn't know and Sabrina has her little playroom and it's gated off and both times they were like they don't like to be you know, gated like that. And I'm like, okay, fine. I will take, you know, I'll, unlo- I'll let her no, out of the gate. Tell them to go sit in there with her. Yeah, then. right. Exactly. Because the problem also, is like, I, I take, I open the gate and then I'm spending the whole time climbing the stairs with her instead of like actually being able to interact. Yeah, with no. But what's she going to, also everybody should know like what a pleasant gated area and enormous really gated is. area that is that her little play yeah. situation. I don't know what totally the problem is. ruining my street cred. I want our <laughs> listeners to think that I keep my kid in a kennel. It's a little cage. No, it's it, like a beautiful dog rest. Yeah. It's really gorgeous. It's actually, it's Western so nice. Light. It was my office and I miss having that as my office. It is, it's a gated, it's right near the front door. She can see the living room. It's right next to the kitchen. And it's a very nice, what, uh, Bridget, it's what would you call it? A safe it really space? Is. It's a safe yes space. A yes space. <laughs> Yeah, because there's nothing in there you have to say no to. Except I'm afraid she, well, well I won't go there. Um, Breaking the window. There's a few yeah. things. Oh, yeah, she did break the window in there, so it's not a total yes space. That's true. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reminding but, me But that. that's impossible unless it's a padded room. I mean, because ours is, per Claire's suggestion, uh, we removed everything off our back deck to make it Phoebe's yes space. And she'll stay out there for like 90 seconds alone while I'm at the kitchen sink. Cause I can see her. And she recently tried to climb on top of her sand table. Like that's not a yes yeah. activity, you know? <laughs> so you can't win really. They're very crafty. But do you, you guys find that the but, friends without kids are less judgmental or, I mean, I don't find moms to be judgmental anyway. I, I really luck out in that department, but what do you guys think? I think like, yeah, that's, that's definitely, less judgmental um and I do find myself I'm I'm sure I'm more worried and more self-conscious about it than they are like if I've been talking if if we're if we're in a group of people with like you know half of them have kids half don't and of course conversation turns to kids I will like actively try to divert the conversation away from like, let's children. stop talking it, yeah. even yeah it's just like well I you know and and I'm aware so aware of of what's happening yeah. At least, um, I I feel like parents though are usually pretty careful to not say like, "Well, we do this or we do that." I I mean, I think regarding judgment, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I I would I would never say like, "Oh, well, we don't wipe 
Phoebe's face after meals, which is true. We don't. We should. But um, like I would never call out someone else's <laughs> parenting because I'm so sensitive about it. Yeah, I you had know? more. I had more judgment before I had the baby. I had more judgment. Like you have to do Me it this too. way. You have to do this. You have to do this. Yeah, not from you. Really? Guys, I. No, because I have like zero expectations. I mean, if someone's being mean to their kid, I have a real problem with that. Right. Oh, Besides yeah. Besides that, I don't – like I don't yeah, care if I've, the kid's food is like cut in shapes and – I mean, what? Oh, well, well, that sort of thing, yeah. But I – because I Or if you formula feed or da 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 like who cares? But okay, neither care. do I. I. I have no opinion. I mean, I think everybody – I really believe that – nearly everybody is doing the very best they can and and doing what's best for their family. I really believe that. I, however, am very sensitive. Like so I was in a an ad for Similac and with with my daughter and I exclusively breastfed for many, many months and then we did a bottle of formula like at lunch when she, later. And a, a woman I went to college with just messaged me and was like, I just saw your Similac ad. It's so cute. And my instinct was to be like, I exclusively breastfeed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, she doesn't care. She works in advertising. Like, she saw it in the context of, like, a work thing. And, you know, and – and but but I was defensive about it, even though oh, I wore my first God. I, their money. Did There's you say wait, about... did you say anything about it when you were when you were uh, shooting that commercial? Did you say anything to anyone? Were you like, by the way, I do breastfeed? Yeah. Like, was well, there they ever... knew because the call was for real breastfed babies because some of the babies what? were nursing on camera, and oh. uh, and they said well, I was about to say because they wanted the glow. Is that? What? <laughs> but, they wanted but okay, really smart, wanted the well-attached babies. No, um, I'm, I'm, that was a joke. That we're was kidding. A joke. We're kidding, um, listeners. We're totally kidding. We're kidding. Yeah, kidding. Absolutely, again, everyone is doing the best they can. And whatever is best, man. I really believe that. And I also believe two, two contradicting points of view, which is there's a lot of stuff you can't get except from breast milk. And the the claims are overblown. I believe both of those things. Um but I um, on this on set, Phoebe would also drink from a bottle, and they asked if she would drink formula from a bottle. And I I had brought some because at that point she was like eight months old. But it wasn't the brand. And then that was the only tense moment when they were like, "Well, why don't you why do you use this organic European formula?" <laughs> it was like because I'm ridiculous. Um, but and it's delicious. I'm, according to baby, yeah. Sabeth, I use the same. No, the the breastfeeding thing is definitely in terms of judgment, like. That, that I would say the the breastfeeding formula thing definitely because so my my son is nine months and and I'm still breastfeeding and I get a lot of oh you're still breastfeeding or like you're still breastfeeding and that doesn't seem but I mean I did thirteen so I feel like but I I it's just a it's all based on you know if if you had an experience you had you felt one way or another about the experience and then that's going to kind of I don't know of course. I think the biggest difference for my friends, because our friends are always so busy anyway with their own work and da da da, they might have most noticed is that like my emails now, if I ever get back to sure. emailing, are about a sentence long. And both of you know that I used to write novels as yeah, this uh, is like diary entries. Now it's a sentence, so yeah. that might also, be kind of I, weird. To I them. have a lot of friends on the yeah. East Coast who would all call me when they were leaving work, which would be when Phoebe was really little. Like between three and four was a tough hour for us. 
And I would be like, how do these people not realize that this is a bad time for us in California? Which, like, why would they know that? (laughs) Like, because I told them once, you know, but like, why? Like, this is just, I was like the walk from the train phone call. And I would get really frustrated. And like, they just wanted to chat like we always had around that time when I wasn't busy during the day. Well, that's a difference to phone calls in general, because like a, a phone call So like we, we all, you know, our text chain, like that's how we stay in touch. And I feel very in touch with you guys through that because it can be, we can, that means we can stay in touch at 1030 at night, which is usually when it is when everyone's gone to bed and like, we are about to go to bed and. I know. And my husband was about to put his foot down. He wanted both of your husband's phone numbers so that he could start a text chain with them so that they can all text in bed because he's really pissed off. He's blaming our sex life on you guys. And to my friends that I'm that I'm not texting with, part of it is because we're talking about dumb crap about yeah. our kids. Like that's the, we're worried about, you know, if uh, with the chick, chicken pox oh, just broke geez. out at my school, is my you know, are, will the vaccine be enough? Because I'm looking up images and it might not be. So these are the texts that are happening. It's not like this witty well, let's repartee not sell about short. things that are, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's hilarious for moms, but that's why, again, this is a mom podcast, right? It's for moms and people that potentially want to be moms or are caregivers, but it's, it's a different audience. Yeah. How about that? We now yeah. do, we have a different, it's a different audience. Cause if I try to have a witty, email back and forth during the day with a girlfriend who doesn't have a child about something it it feels like the pressure's too high i just don't have the brain cells i'm gonna come back to them i'm gonna be a really good friend in a couple years they just need to keep faith that i will come back is that the most narcissistic friend thing ever said that i promise i will get my shit together it's like wait for me just wait for me yeah um just well well i think the other the other thing is we also know like if which which has happened to all of us, like I'll come back to 27 text messages because, you know, I've gotten oh, yeah. pulled away for something. There's like, no, like, hey, where'd you go? Like, where are you at, girl? It's like, I know where you at. You dealing yeah. with, you know, some poop or whatever. I will go to sleep at nine o'clock. And in the next morning, there will have been 75 texts between Bridget and Claire. And it's a great, it's a good read for me on the toilet. I'm telling you, but it's, uh, it's... <laughs> Again, my husband's a little worried. He thinks the three of us might run away with our children. Um, we could start our own, we'd bring, ma- our, we'd bring our own Manson family. Extra help. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Cal had fallen asleep while we were talking and uh, and and just woke up and was very confused. He was on a lap and now he's on the floor, so it was confusing. I won't, I won't oh, take it personally, Cal, that you fell asleep during my podcast. Okay. And he has a diaper full of poop, unfortunately. Oh. No. It's all. Okay, we get it. Things we get are it. about we get to get, things whole, are about to get good. We get it, Claire. This is your uh, Irish goodbye. And we're <laughs> cool with it. And... <laughs> Yeah, we understand. We've been there. There's no pressure. Bubba. All right. So well, okay. ladies, thank you so much for doing this. I love that I just called you ladies. What is wrong with me? Sometimes on this podcast, I turn into like a 65-year-old woman. Um, I love you both. We're going to do this again. I, I promise our, our reception for Skype will get better and better. I'm just going to hey. get a satellite and put it out in front of Bridget's house. And we'll be good to go. I love I'm you both country. dearly. You're in Burbank. You. It is the country. And uh, give Calvin a big snuggle for me. And give Phoebe a big birthday girl high five. And I'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Listeners, Bye, guys. Listeners, I'll be right back. 
So this week, my Ellie homework is to keep track of the shoulds in my life and uh, and see if they really line up with what I believe. Because a lot of these obligations come from these feelings of shoulds that were my parents' shoulds or somebody else's shoulds, and I don't need to keep them anymore. We only have this one shot at life. And so I want to start living it as happily as I can. Oh, my daughter's crying in the background. Uh, my husband's trying to get a splinter out of her hand. I better go. Okay, guys. The other thing I'm going to do this week is reach out to a friend who doesn't have children that I haven't been as present for as I'd like to be. That's not a should. That's something I want to do. Okay. I'm going to go into mommy mode. I'll see you guys next week. Trust in your goodness. Live out your greatness. Rock on. Atomic Moms. Mm -hmm.